Hello, Hanks heads. The episode of Talking Tom, a Pod Hanks Tomcast you're about to listen to is a bit of a goof because we recorded it last year in August and then realized we recorded things out of order and had to go back and redo Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close as well as A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. So what you're about to hear is from last year. And if that confuses you, we're sorry. On today's episode of Talking Tom, we're watching Cloud Atlas, starring a man who looks good in literally every generation, Tom Hanks. Cloud Atlas is a 2012 science fiction film written and directed by the Wykowskis and Tom Tykwer, and stars Tom as six people. Oh, baby. My mom always said, life was like a box of chocolates. Welcome back, Hanks heads, to another episode of Talkin' Tom, the Pod Hanks Tomcast, where we watch Tom Hanks movies and then we talk about them. My name's Josie. It's Daniel. Oh my god, it's been a very long time. I know, it's what a busy summer. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's okay. Oh, there's a helicopter. Helicopter. Off to flying. a great start. It's been quite a summer. Are we holding for this? Busy. No, you know what? No. Yeah. Who you has guys got to know. Yeah, this is real life. Unfiltered, unplugged. <laughs> Give the fans what they want. I like I like the thought that that's what they want. Because <laughs> it's just so, so much less work for us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, it's a very gloomy day in life. Oh, wait a second. My name's Josie. Oh, wait, you said it. Did I say that? Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh no. this movie fucked me up. Um, speaking of that. Really quickly, we watched the movie Cloud Atlas. Yeah. I think we're both different people because of it. Two out, almost three hours. <sighs> but before we talk about that, I'm sure we have some housekeeping. Yeah. How have you been? I'm really good. How have you? Oh, Kevin. Kevin just bit my finger. <laughs> I bit my finger. Have you um, been enjoying this gloomy day in Los Angeles? I have. It. I was down in Venice working earlier and it was... It was sprinkling and it was really nice. It's spooky out, man. I miss I miss thunderstorms. Um, so any chance I get that feel, I mean, it was the last thing I would call that as a thunderstorm, but it felt kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it was close as we'll get. Yeah, I don't mind. I like a little gloom. I think yeah. I would do really well in London or like the Pacific mm. Northwest because I like the gloomy, rainy. Yeah, makes me feel good. Maybe it makes me feel sad, which maybe I like. I don't know. Yeah, I could do it for like a couple of days, but if I'm being yeah. honest. It's not really sustainable. I don't know. I think I could just live <laughs> if it just rained all the time. Be like, okay, as long as I knew that was what it was going to be. Yes. Not if you like went not on like vacation. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to be back. Happy yeah, what have you been up to? Uh, I've just been working the night shift all summer, man, and it just really That's fucked brutal. me up. Yeah, it is brutal. I'm happy to be done with it. On to new things, better things. Sleeping. That, yeah, that's bonus. I went to my doctor because I like couldn't remember anything, and she was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, it's because you're working the night shift, so it's not going to get better until you stop." And I, I worked. Like, I worked you? in a donut shop uh, for a few months before I moved to LA, so I could pay for a car. And um, it was all night. It was like I'd go in at like 10 p.m. and then leave at like 11 a.m. And it, you feel like you can make it work, and it just doesn't. Your your body just like fights you and shuts down so yeah i feel your if i can jump on my soapbox for a second 
uh, when you're working the night shift and the people that you love and care about aren't working the night shift, yeah. they expect a lot of you that you're just realistically <laughs> unable to give. Um, so getting like phone calls being like, oh, couldn't you pop in real quick at like 3 p.m.? Like that is essentially you asking me if like if oh, sorry, like I literally can't even think like hey, at 3 a.m. today, would you mind just, like, popping over for a quick yeah. errand? Like, it's so insane, the shit that we ask of night shift people mm-hmm. <laughs> that um, I have, like, a newfound respect for. Yeah, it's... Like, uh, nurses and stuff, man. Whew. Fuck that. It's hard. Truly. Well, I'm glad it's over. Welcome yeah, me back too. to a normal C, sort of. Yeah, I will say, um, I did just spend an entire summer working the night shift, but I have never been so fucked up as when I watched this movie, Cloud Atlas. It's the perfect <laughs> end to your night shift it's like living in an or yeah living in a night shift it's utter much. chaos okay so let's talk about cloud atlas cloud atlas the film from 2012 do your best to summarize this movie oh, for the uneducated i wrote it out so that i can make sure i do it right um so cloud atlas which is based on a book is it's six interconnecting stories uh-huh. that are all in different time periods so it, the earliest is in the 1800s and the latest is in like 2300 or something uh and they're all sort of connected by this there's like a story thread that goes between them about these adventures and these these things but they're all kind of connected by these themes of people fighting against oppression uh ones through slavery ones through sort of uh homophobia ones like these crushing corporations ones like sibling greed one is um I said corporation. And then one is like this post-apocalyptic sort of these two very different worlds that constantly fight each other. Um, And then sort of the key thing is that there's a main cast, which is one of which includes our boy Tom. Our boy. And the cast plays a character in in almost every time period in different, not only different types, not even different characters, but in different ethnicities, different... Genders. um, Genders. It's wild. It is chaos. It is chaos. Um, I had, I had, the, the weirdest thing to start about it is that it, you don't, like, there, there's a, there's a, there's six plots happening and they connect, but the movie weirdly doesn't require you to fully understand what's going on to, to understand it. That's If that good. makes sense. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> like, it's a lot of plot, but it's all about the emotion and it, it's crisscross cuts through everything so often all the time that it never gets boring. It, it feels long, but I never got bored because it's just every time something's about to happen, we shift and it's just always moving between. So if you like one story, it's fine. It's going to be five minutes and then we're going to cut back. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it's one of those weird ones where I think you could watch it. it clearly is built to be watched a bunch and is, is really ambitious and strange. And um, yeah, I'll start with that. It's, it's a weird one. It was, it's a journey. I guess the first thing we could do is, is is set up who our main the actors that sort of move through each That's sequence helpful. are. So we have Jim Sturgis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is in every single every single story. Mm-hmm. We have Ben Wishaw Paddington. Uh, oh really? He's in five of the six. Mm-hmm. He's the voice of Paddington. He is the voice of Paddington. Is Paddington in Cloud Atlas? He yeah he definitely is. <laughs> That's the seventh plotline. Uh, Halle Berry. Yes, my queen. Is in all of them. Um, Jim Broadbent, also in Paddington. What? He's in five of six of them. Um, Duna Bay, I believe is how you pronounce her name. Mm. 
She is in three of the six. Tom Hanks is in all of them. Hugh Grant is in all of them. He's also in Paddington. Yeah. So we have a trio. Oh my God, it's a trifecta. Little re- I guess it's not a reunion because this is before, but you know, I this, mean, this set on the which stone. Timeline. True. Oh, you're right. Wow. <laughs> and then uh, Hugo Weaving is in all of them. Susan Sarandon is in four of them. Keith David is in four of them. James Darcy's in four of them. And there's a few other. But those are the core. Jim Sturgis, Ben Wishaw, Halle Berry, Jim Broadbent, Duna Bay, Tom Hanks, Hugh Grant, Hugo Weaving. I'd say those are kind of the most important. Susan's Randon, Keith David, James Darcy also, but mm-hmm. the most screen time is devoted to the beginning ones. So we'll do that instead of trying to do character names because there's a lot of characters and it's going to get confusing to us. Yes. Um, I don't think to our audience. They're very smart. They'd understand. Yes, they're much smarter than me for sure. So, but first, so also confusing is everything is, is cut together. These are not full stories. In the book, I read the book. You read the book? No, I read about it. Oh, okay. I I wouldn't mind reading the book, actually. But the book, I guess, presents them all as like complete stories that link together, but they are in their entirety told. (sighs) Okay. Uh, Whereas the movie, it is a smorgasbord. Yes. So the first plot, but we'll we'll talk about them as if they were in a single story. Yeah, that will be very helpful for my dumb brain. So let's jump back to 1949. Jim Sturgis, uh, we're in, you know, we're in um, American slavery territory, mm-hmm. very dark times, um, sort of before modern medicine is important to that type of thing. Uh, Jim Sturgis is married to Duna Bay, again, two of the characters. This is the first instance we see of someone playing, so Duna Bay is of Asian descent, and in this she's playing uh, a white woman. Um, and her father is Hugo Weaving, again, it's going to get... Yeah. confusing but he basically sends Jim Sturgis to do something with a, to get a contract for something and along the way Jim Sturgis witnesses um, the whipping of a slave and later and he does not he, he passes out and doesn't take that well uh, and he later finds that slave has stowed away and basically helps him to kind of prove his worth on the ship to, to join as a free man kind of saves his life um, and that favor is returned because we meet Tom Hanks's character, who's this creepy doctor, <laughs> who's trying to convince Jim Sturgis that he needs these medicines that are actually poison. Um, and before he can, and, and the, the the slave who's Atua, I believe is his name. Oh boy, I, do uh, I didn't know. look at the actor's name, but I think his, his name. Yeah, is Atua. Atua sounds right. Uh, essentially brings him, helps him stay in health and saves him in the end. So they sort of have a, a brotherly bond. Mm. Um, and in this adventure, Jim Sturgis's character sort of finds that he cannot live this sort of life anymore and he leaves to join the abolition movement. Mm. That's important. Uh, and then the next one, do you want to talk about, uh, this is Ben Wishaw's in 1936. It, I the mean, composer. I'm not going to be very good. At <laughs> give it this. a give it a stab. Um, so what I remember from this is there's a story about like two two men who are in love. Uh huh. And um, that's that's Ben Wishaw and James Darcy. And I don't know which one is which. Ben Wishaw is the one. Spoiler is the he's the he's the he's the composer. Which was the blonde one? Okay, Ben yeah. Wishaw. I like him. Um, he goes to he has like a a man that he's in love with who he leaves. Yeah. To go study under this composer who is... Jim Broadbent. Jim Broadbent. So this is Paddington and um, 
the the shop owner from Paddington working together. Oh, pretty exciting. Okay, for me, a Paddington stan. And he comes up with this like this song under the direction of the composer. Yeah, called the Cloud Atlas Sextet. Yeah. And I don't really remember like how they come up with it or not, or just like the composer's like giving him the time yeah, signature and all that. He's old and he's basically kind of describing what he wants, but Jim, but Ben Wishaw's character is like coming up. They're, and I think sort of he collaborating. takes his own spin on it to make yeah. it better or something. And he finds this in himself. He makes the Cloud Atlas sextet, and he we know this because he keeps a journal. Um, or no, I'm sorry. He reads a journal. He reads a journal that we find out. Is Jim Sturgis's journal from the story before. Which is like, that is a really interesting layer to me, that this kind of thing keeps like showing up. Like you're like, oh, okay. I like those details. Yes. Like little sneaky details. Um, uh, He never gets credit for coming up with the Cloud Oculus Septet. Yeah. So he kills the guy who won't give it to him. He, after sort of he reveals that he's made this kind of masterpiece um jim broadbent threatens him because he knows that he is um seeing a man and this is 1936 yeah um so he basically blackmails him and in this sort of exchange that they have ben wisha accidentally kills him right he's like calling his bluff like you'll never be able to do it and then he just totally kills him and so he goes on the run and Eventually, he kills himself. He, kill, he, shoot, he kills himself. Yeah. Um, and that's important because James Darcy's character, his he shows up again as the same character <laughs> in the next segment. Oh, really? So yeah. So I don't know that I got that. Then we jump to 1973. Oh wait, we, yes, I did. Okay, I did get so that. Halle Berry is a journalist. Yeah. And she meets with James Darcy, who's still the same character. Yes. Um, but just older. Yeah. And he's a nuclear physicist. Mm-hmm. This is hard. I mean, it, it, when you watch it, it kind of, it sort of flows. It sort of makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's funny to try and to talk about it back. Um, oh, my God. But basically, there's a conspiracy theory. There's a conspiracy happening that um, there's going to be a catastrophe caused by Hugh Grant, who's running this nuclear reactor. Mm-hmm. Um, but before he can reveal it to Halle Berry, the reporter, uh, Hugo Weaving playing a hitman kills him. Then it becomes this whole trail of Halle Berry trying to uncover this conspiracy. And she meets Tom Hanks' character, who's a scientist, um, who's going to give her a copy of this report that would reveal things. And his plane is blown up and she gets run off of a bridge and almost drowns and... Um, the conspiracy keeps going, but then the um, Hugh Grant's head of security, played by Keith David, uh, swaps sides and helps her escape, and it becomes kind of convoluted. Um, and then in the end, she gets a copy of the report from James Darcy's niece, and she exposes them, and they're all indicted. Indic- ind- indicted. Indicted. That's a real word, right? That um, that storyline was for sure the most confusing to me. Yeah. I love I love conspiracy things, but the way that they kept cutting back to it, I was a little lost. I knew that yeah. she was being hunted, but I wasn't sure the detail, like what the nuclear reactor, why it was going to be, what the catastrophe was, why it was so substantial. I see Hugh Grant was bad. Yes. Blah blah blah. Then we jumped to 2012, 
Yes. Tom Hanks. <laughs> bizarre character. Like goatee. Yeah. Angry like writer. Pierced earring. Yeah. He's like, a. he's written this book that got very bad reviews. So then he kills the guy who wrote the bad review. And, and this, this opens the movie. So it's a pretty shocking, like yeah. Tom Hanks throws him off of a building and we watch his body like explode. Yeah. Yes. Um, and really then, set the tone. Cause I, I didn't know what to expect from this movie. And that really like puts you into like, Oh, this is going to be not what I thought. Yes. And then I know, I think I, I must, I'm missing something because then the next thing I remember from that storyline is the guy who's from Harry Potter. Jim Broadbent. Is that Jim Broadbent? Yeah. <laughs> Him like checking into what he thinks is a hotel, but I missed everything that happens before. Yeah. That. It becomes so Jim Broadbent plays Tom Hanks's publisher. And after Tom Hanks kills this man, this book becomes a bestseller and Jim Broadbent becomes quite wealthy. Um, but Tom Hanks's brother, Tom Hanks's character is, uh, I think his, his brother come after Jim Broadbent to, or someone, some like goons come after him cause they want the profit that Tom Hanks, his character was owed, but he's dead or he's incarcerated. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Um, so Jim Broadbent goes into hiding at what he thinks is a hotel, but is actually a nursing home that he commits himself to signs the paperwork. And there, there's like the scary nurse that Hugo Weaving plays. Yeah. Oh my god. So it's it's a whole. So Hugo Weaving plays um, this abusive, crazy nurse, and they he wants to escape, and he basically teams up with three other residents to escape. It's kind of this fun. It's this weird, like kind of comedy um, thing. And we learn about his past love, and his brother Hugh Grant is has was the one who like set up this nursing home scam because at some point his wife cheated on him with the brother. It's a little, there's moments like that where I'm a little bit definitely makes it a lot harder to understand. Yeah. So, but the important thing is that him and three other residents team up to escape and they do. Yeah. And it's lovely. Um, and then he writes some, a movie about his experience Yes, and it becomes a movie, right? Yeah. Because is that the next one? Yeah, then we we jump really far ahead. 2144. And that's when we're reintroduced to Duna Bay. Yes. And she's like a clone? It's yeah, like like a service per, like not a droid, like a I think they described it as like basically a slave. Yeah. She's human. I mean, she is Is she human? Yeah. That's what I had she's a She's a clone, time. but she's human. Yeah. But they're basically given Zero context to the outside world except for like this slave labor that they're forced into. They're called um, fabricants. Yeah. And she works at like a restaurant type thing, but like her only existence is like to serve at this yeah. restaurant. Uh, and all the dudes are super creepy and. Yeah. They wear these like collars around their necks and like. It's just like a new form of slavery. It's, yes, exactly. Like Manufactured slavery. The first one. Yeah. Super like science fiction y dystopian yeah very like jarring change of, of look in a, in a cool way yeah um and she makes a friend there who starts to sort of reveal that she knows something is up that there's like more yeah she's um, like gained awareness yeah and with the help of jim sturgis now playing a character of asian descent <sighs> yeah he they escape and basically kind of form this rebel movement uh and the short end, the short end is, is that she basically 
learns that the clones are not only used for slave labor, but they're also physically used as food when they're done with their service. Yeah, because they have this big like ceremony when they finish their twelve years of yeah. service, and you and think they're retired. Yeah, you they, think they're being like set out, yeah. but they kill them and use them as food for the other. Yeah, clones. and it, it's like looks like a slaughterhouse. It's like the same type yeah, of functionality. It's, it's very disturbing. Yeah, it's um, and she basically with the rep, she makes a man, she finds a way to make a public. Uh, she broadcasts this manifesto that she's written and um, they're both her um, Duna and Jim Sturgis's characters are captured and killed. But we've been recounting this whole story to James Darcy as an, also an, uh, an Asian American character, an Asian character. Yeah. Um, throughout the song. So they're killed, but she's given the manifesto. Then we cut to our final yeah, what year Arrow, is which that? is 2321. Yeah. And it's post-apocalyptic. Like, back to, like, caveman, caveman. antics. Which, is, they trick you at first. Yeah. And then there's, like, a spaceship. <laughs> yeah. Um, but everyone worships Duna Bay's character from the one before. Mm-hmm. Her manifesto is, like, this very important, like, sacred text to them. Because um, they have it recorded. And so, Tom Hanks is part of the, the tribe's people... And he has like this weird, he's like haunted by this. Like Frankenstein? Yeah, like this ghoul looking. It's so, it looks like something (laughs) from like Haunted Mansion. Like it looks like a Disney villain. Is never in focus. Yeah. Right? It's always very weird. Um, And Tom Hanks is with this tribe, but the tribes are at war with each other. And his, Jim Sturgis is his brother in law. And they're killed by this cannibal tribe led by Hugh Grant. Yeah. So Hugh Grant's not a cannibal. Um, it's going to be really funny to listen back to this and just tear up these names. <sighs> my God. Because um, in my mind, I was like, we should, the names would be easier to, to remember people by, but no, it's no just way. the same people. Um, Especially if you haven't watched it. But on the other like, side of things, like you said, there's a spaceship, and Halle Berry's part of this other type of, of, of society that still have this advanced technology, even though things have crumbled. Um and they basically team up because Tom Hanks wants to help his is his nephew. Yeah, he's trying to save, or is his his niece? Niece, I think niece. Yeah, the one who gets really sick. Yeah, yeah, it's his niece. Okay, I think. Well, so now I don't he, know. He wants to team up with Halle Berry to get her where she needs to go mm-hmm. and hopefully save the um, his family member. But Halle Berry's people are sick with something some type of plague or uh-huh. so it's just bad it's all crazy and so they basically team up and they end up having to fight because Tom Hanks is try he returns to where his tribe are and he finds that they've been killed all of them have been killed by the cannibal tribe mm-hmm. so he kills Hugh Grant rescues the niece and is rescued by Halle Berry who still has a gun we were he's revealed to have a gun still from the future world she's from and they join the future people and as we come to an end Tom Hanks is telling the story of these things to all these youngsters who are his grandchildren I think yeah and that's the story that's the that's the story of Cloud Atlas yeah it's it's wild and I'm sorry if that if that was a boring it's just, it's all the facts. It has to be seen because it doesn't, 
it's strange to just read them because they, they sound so simple. Exactly. Yeah, you're like, oh, what's so confusing about this yeah. movie? It sounds pretty fucking understandable. Like, in six individual things, it kind of makes sense as a story, but this is, they're all, but I think that's part of the, I would, I would almost say this is like such an experience movie. Yeah. And it's just so wild. It's one of those things that I can't, can't really believe that they got made at the budget they got it made in. Yeah. So that makes me like it more where I'm like, how did you pull this off? And like people you had Tom should... Hanks back in it, right? Like True. you had his name attached. How did you like, how do you get this script? Like Tom Hanks got this script. I would love to have heard that conversation with this getting made. Cause it's such a cool. Yeah. Yeah. I have some theories. I, Oh boy. There are things looking back now after we've kind of like gone through each individual plot yeah. or what, I don't even know how do we refer to those little moments, those little, yeah, I think stories, each little segment, segment. Yeah, whatever. I have a deeper appreciation, um, with them as like their own thing. Yeah. Like when you pointed out that the, the one with the guy getting checked into the nursing home, that was much more of a comedy. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the science fiction, like there was like every genre in so, this. It's almost like six short films that are connected. Yeah. Um, but that somehow, I mean, at least for me, that kind of worked. Like, yeah. it never felt too jarring in between shifts of stuff. Because I think you need that. Like, if it's just the apocalyptic part, post-apocalyptic, it's going to be too sad. Yeah. The sci-fi has, like, the cooler action scenes. You get the espionage kind of conspiracy thing. You get, like, a little bit of a comedy. Yeah. Um, you get a very depressing love story. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you get sort of this very dark, moody um, look at American, the, the history Yes. It's wild. Um, to say the least. Very interesting to see all the different characters played by the same people. Yeah. And they they kind of help you out by putting major prosthetics on people. Yeah. And it's, I've, I've heard... I didn't see this movie. I hadn't seen it before. And I had heard people, some people complain that the, the makeup effects were weird. Uh, yeah. And I, I agree with it, but I also think that it worked in the world. Like, it, it looked intentional. It didn't look weird, like, like it looked like something was off, but everything looked off in a way that made it work. That's fair, yeah. So I think they know you're going to know. Um, did you have, the, the one issue I kept having that would take me out of things is because of the way it reuses people and puts them under all these prosthetics, is I would start, when we introduced to a new chapter or a new segment going back, I would play a guessing game of trying to figure out who, who was who. Like, what actor was in this scene. Yeah. And that kind of would take me out because I would look for it um, rather than, like the, like, the realization of, like, oh, that's the same person or that's oh, the same actor. I would move into scenes looking for things and that would kind of pull me out of things. Yeah, I think it took me a minute, especially in the more, the one that takes with Duna May as, like, the star, which was yeah. by far my favorite story. Like, I love that kind of shit. Yeah. Um to realize that they were, I was like, why do they look like, what is it about the way that they look? That is like fucking me up. Yeah. And it just took me a minute to understand that they were like white people. Yeah. Um, that we could, we could get into that. I'd like to talk about that. Kind of insane. I it's there's, I haven't read anything about it. I wanted to go into it fresh without having any real, um, knowledge in terms of, Presenting that today. No way. But this is only, this movie's only seven years old. Yeah. And so it wasn't like a new concept that that was bad. That's been looked at negatively and has always been bad. Yes. But it's interesting coming from, so the Wachowskis are transgender and a lot of their, the directors. What other stuff have the Wachowskis? They did The Matrix and they did um, 
uh, Speed Racer, which I love. And it's two people? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and they did uh, a Netflix series called Sense8 that is oh, yeah. really good. I watched that. And uh, what was one other big... I don't remember the rest. Okay. They produced V for Vendetta. They didn't direct it that one. I gets confused. But they did The Matrix. is their, their huge thing. And The Matrix, it's interesting to rewatch because uh, when The Matrix was directed, when they when they created The Matrix, um, they had not come out yet as trans. And The Matrix is like all about identity. And so rewatching it with that knowledge is really interesting. I actually took Rachel to see it a few weeks ago. Oh. It's fascinating because you see this, it seems almost personal to them, something we didn't know at the time yet, but they knew about themselves. Mm. Um, and so in that regard, the way that they're playing with gender and identity in this seems very intentional to their, I, I almost view it cause I want to just immediately, Oh, it's offensive. You can't do it. But I think there's something interesting that they're trying to do with it. Mm. Um, and I fully understand and appreciate the concept that like, like why not hire in my mind? I'd be like, why you're, you're making white people into to, to Asians with, um, into Asian characters, why not just hire Asian characters? But then I realized they're using Asian characters and making them into white people mm-hmm. in terms of just like the general like look of using makeup and stuff. And like Halle Berry plays a, a white character at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sort of was trying to look at it from a picture because I, I don't, I can't pretend that I understand it or the intention of it. I can only talk about how it makes me feel and it makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I want to understand what in the story, why you would choose that. So I looked at sort of the thing where sort of the message of the movie, and I say it's the message because they just keep repeating it. Um, So there's a quote that they repeat multiple times, multiple characters repeat it um, in the film. And the quote is, our lives are not our own. We are bound to others past and present by each crime and every kindness we birth our future. And so there's this through line through every story about how we look at the past and how it affects the future. And so... And it gets repeated, like they're not trying to hide that part of it. And so I wonder sort of how they're using gender and identity in that um, to tell the story, how that sort of applies, where you recognize these people because these people are people, even if you can't quite relate to it, you sort of understand, you can find something to relate into it. It really, I, w- I would be really curious to hear, and I, I'd like to read um, folks, especially folks who are represented by other races in this, how their thoughts on it. Um, if they see something in it or if it is just at its core offensive. Mm. Um, I was trying to look up if there was much flack for it and there, there's some, but not as much as I thought there would have been. Yeah. Um, so I, would be curious to dive in to see if the Bikowskis talked about, um, their reasoning behind it. Um, cause it is, it's a, in my mind, there's a singular answer for it and the answer right. is no. So I want to know them being very, I think, conscious of things. Yeah. Makes it Well, and from a storytelling standpoint, if the theme of the movie or one of the main messages of the movie is that, like, we're all connected throughout, like, time and space, like, it makes sense. Yeah. And, like, kind of the gimmick of the whole thing is, like, Mm. oh, yeah, it's Tom Hanks, but he plays eight different characters. Yeah, and they're not, like, related characters necessarily. Yeah, exactly. So I think... It's just like a, it's a way of telling the story, um, 
But is that the only way to tell that story? Yeah, it's such a such a specific decision that there's got to be something to it. Yeah, uh, I'm actually really interested to read about it because totally, it's it's, it's different wild. than the Emma Stone thing. Yeah, playing the Asian woman yeah. right in Aloha or yeah. something. It's like to- I feel that it's different. Maybe it's not, um, but it definitely is probably worth like a converse. You know, yeah, we're, we're two people with very similar backgrounds that I don't know we're totally the right people to speak on it, but yeah. And it's something we haven't researched it. So it's, I have like a base <laughs> level of like, I think it's really interesting and I'd like to know. Yeah. Um, and if people, I'd be really curious if listeners, people listening to this have strong thoughts on it or have articles that they like, like if one movie begs for discussion beyond just a general, like this, this movie is a wild, I haven't seen anything like it type of experience. Yeah. Um, I also wrote that the movie is, is, sometimes goes really corny, but it's so, it's played so sincere that I, it seems intentional. Yeah. It doesn't feel corny. It sometimes feels corny, but it's not played up for laughs and it's corniness. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's, it's something that I thought I would have a ton to say, but it's just something you really have to see. I think see it a few times. Yeah. I think I had going in because I had never seen this. We didn't do our like movie poster thing yeah. that we do. Whatever, <laughs> things are different. We're older now. We're much different people than we were two years ago when we started the show. Um, it's really easy to make a joke about this movie being like fucking unwatchable. Yeah. Like it's 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 low hanging fruit at this point. It's kind of like one of the laughable moments in Tom Hanks's career, I think that he, he makes fun of, like he does bits about it. Um, and it's definitely, I don't, was it a box office? It wasn't like this was movie didn't do that well. It did. Uh, it did fine. It did. It did better than I thought it would. It didn't make, um, money in its theatrical run necessarily, but it, it didn't. And then as far as like awards, it was nominated for a few, none of the big ones, none of the like, Academy Awards. Yeah. Right. It, it got nominated for scattered things, but no, um, none of our quote unquote important awards. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 So I think, um, except for visual effects, which I feel were exceptional. There was like those moments that you kind of talked about where it would be like, like one example is Halle Berry's car goes off of a bridge mm-hmm. and then the water, like as it's coming through the, uh, like windshield of the car, it changes to some other scene with a bunch of yeah. water drowning. It's like that kind of stuff was like, oh shit, yeah, we all are connected. We're flowing. <laughs> Time is yeah. a flat line or whatever circle. And you were, you were saying uh, about like Tom Hanks. One thing I, I really like about everyone in this movie is that everyone gives it their all. Truly. Like it doesn't feel, because in my mind, the things I had heard about this were a lot of people, you know, it has like this B movie flair, but I thought the, I thought everyone was like giving it their. Yeah, they fully bought into it. Yeah. Like, no one was like, oh, it's just a... Yeah, they really like, threw Tom themselves Hanks in. Tom Hanks plays six people, and they're all very distinct and weird Tom Hanks roles. Like, yeah. I'm in for it. What was the one that we watched with him with the mustache? Lady Killers. Yeah, it was like that on steroids. Yeah, six of those. His opening one as the writer was... I didn't know what I was getting into. That was in a good jarring. Way. Yeah. yeah. That, like might have triggered something in me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like reminds me of someone I know, like very, uh, <laughs> uh I mean, and then there's like in the 1800 ones, like 
Tom Hanks dropping the N word and you're just like, Bleh. yeah, what are you? Tom, um, yeah, it's it's I yeah it's wild. So I don't know. Is it time to to think about like the movie as a whole? Do you think? Yeah, I was gonna just say because I I popped it up over here. Um, I saw one thing about the controversy involving the um, use of. Uh, of, they call it yellow face where they make non-Asian actors portray Asian characters. Okay. Um, and the media action network for Asian Americans criticized it, um, pointing out specifically that there are no, no black faces used. Mm. So we have an Asian American character playing and a black character playing or actor playing a white, white characters and then white actors playing Asian American characters, but there's no, and that was an interesting decision. They said, and then the directors responded that the same multiracial actors portrayed multiple roles of various nationalities and races, not just Asian, across a 500-year story arc, showing, and then in quotes, the continuity of souls critical to the story. So there has been some discussion on it. So Interesting. there's stuff to read. Okay. Um, yeah, and I'm sorry, you no. said to, 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 to pull this all together. Well, yeah, I was kind of like wrapping it up, actually, just like, if we're looking at the movie as a whole, is this something that's worth watching? My So I came into this with low expectations because of what I had heard. Uh-huh. And in a, in a surprising turn of events, I came out actually kind of digging it. Yeah, I can tell um, from the way you're talking about it. I don't, I don't love it, but I wonder if in future watches I would. Yeah. Because it was not what I thought at all. It's so like shockingly ambitious that it's hard not to get drawn in from a, even from just like a technical filmmaking standpoint, like what they went for, like they went go for broke. How do you get to a point in your career where you can take this chance and just pull off something like this? There was a thing on here that was talking about the, the original author when the rights were bought that he was like, you can't, I can't see this being made into a movie. And then he saw it and was like, you did it. Yeah. Um, and it also helps. I had forgotten to mention to go back, there's technically three directors. The oh. Wykowskis and then another guy named Tom uh, Tykwer, uh-huh. who's another director. And they actually each directed three segments. Oh. Which is interesting because I had written down, because I didn't notice that till after, but I was writing down about the styles and how some felt very distinctly different um, stylistically, not just in how it looked, but how it was shot. And I looked at the segments that I wrote that down about, and it was because there was a different person directing it. Okay. Which is very interesting. Yeah. Um, but I digress. Kind of a cool thing to, to, that I saw. It says that the Wykowskis directed the 19th century story, and then the two set in the future, mm. and then Tykwer directed the stories in the 1930s, 70s, and, two, and 2012. So he directed the middle segments, and they directed, the Wykowskis directed the outer segments. Okay, interesting. But they planned everything together and worked through post-production together. Wow. Quite Jeez. an undertaking. It just doesn't, I like can't comprehend, I can't comprehend how you would put this together I, and make it work the way it does. I also like don't understand how you, you even would like come up with this. <laughs> like, uh, it's just like my brain does not work like that at all. And it was, I have, I mean, if I'm being really honest, it was very hard for me to follow this movie. Yeah. Like talking about it now, I think it's making a little more sense, but like watching it, I was looking for any reason to pause it so that I could like go do something else for a minute. Yeah. That's, that's totally fair. That's something that, that was 
why I noted that I thought it was interesting that it kind of works beyond that because mm-hmm. it's all about how it hits you emotionally. Like mm-hmm. the stories are good and, but I, they work with the characters, the more interesting parts of them. Yeah. Um, so if and it's it succeeding in that way is, is, is kind of crazy. Um, and that's why I wonder if going back once the plot really takes in, like what else do you unlock with it? Yeah. I, I think this is one that I would actually feel Upon a rewatch, I would probably be able to answer more, like, if I actually value this movie and, like, well, not that's not fair, valuing it. Something that I would, like, consider becoming part of, like, yeah, a thing I, like, want to talk about and show people. Yeah, not where I thought I'd end up, to be honest. I really yeah. went in, like, ex- almost excited to, like, just shit Just shit it. on it. Yeah, totally. And I still feel, I have to, I, like, I do feel a little bit of that. Like, yeah. I don't I, think so- it needed to be three hours long. Yeah. Um... <laughs> It, it weirdly though it still sometimes feels rushed. Yeah. But I yeah. never got bored, so I'll give him that. Uh-huh. This is something I almost regret I do regret not seeing it in theaters. Like, you I do. feel like I want to see it. Now I want to see okay. it on like a big I want to see it like zero distraction with an audience. Yeah. And see how it plays. Yeah. This has got to have a following. Yeah. Um, I also found a cute anecdote uh that they were going to shoot this movie in chronological order, but Halle Berry broke her foot two days before she's supposed to start filming. And instead of replacing her, they changed the schedule. Um, and the, the anecdote that I thought was cute, that according to her, Tom Hanks would play nurse to me. He took, he really took care of me. He would bring me coffee and soup and just stay with me during breaks and shooting because it was difficult for me to move around, especially at the beginning. Uh, I basically had to be helped back to my chair after every take, but you learn to adapt to the situation. But with Tom at my side, I was really able to go beyond my own expectations of what I was capable of as an actress. Yeah. A very cute. Thing. Yeah. I liked her in this movie. I don't I too. haven't seen a lot of her bigger movies. I've never seen Monster Ball or No, Wait, yeah, she's <laughs> she's someone I think I, I undervalue, um and that's my fault. Yeah. Uh, this movie has got to be like an actor's fucking dream. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like this is like what you dream of. Okay. You're going to play okay. so many. If and you you're were, the star. Everyone. I mean, it helped everyone. I, I don't know their, their star power at the time for some of the people um, versus how I know them now. But I mean, you get handed the script. You're going to play six roles. If you are someone who I'm just imagining like younger actress, actors and actresses who build reels. Yes. Can you imagine having one movie with six? Yeah. You're like foaming at the mouth for this opportunity and the budget to like back it like the, yeah. And I, I can, I can think that that would probably be the biggest thing that appealed to Tom. Yeah. Well, this is also in a period where Tom is starting to take really interesting decisions. Yes. uh, His stuff. I I really like what we're getting. I've seen some of the stuff that we have coming up with him. Um, but, there's a lot of movies that are just so bizarre and I mean, not a lot of them, but there's some movies that are just such a cool decision for him to have taken as yeah. from someone who can do whatever he wants in film. Um, and again, not ever like be fully willing to commit to it and ham it up or, you know, live in it. I like the idea of looking at his projects like that because we obviously have like a fondness for him and we appreciate what he does and what he brings to each like role that he takes on. So there has to be like this like level of trust that we have with him also that like as weird as this movie was, like he did this for a reason. Yeah. So he there's have to do it for the money. Yeah, like, exactly. He's, he's got toy store money. Yeah. So he's doing it cause he wants to. Yeah. So maybe it's like better to look at some of these like lesser, 
um, revered, less revered movies, like the ones that don't really like get as much recognition. Yeah. Um, with through that lens, that's like a kind of a makes me want to go back and like look at Da Vinci Code too. <laughs> like some of the other ones that I was like just uh, yeah. really shit on, but yeah. Um, I would rank this one pretty low, honestly. I mean, from a storytelling standpoint, I can see the value of it. Yeah. I and I will eventually rewatch it. Uh, probably today wasn't the best day for me <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is this is a weird one that I think I'll revisit in the future. Um, I don't know how to rate it yet necessarily. Um, but I, I have to say I'd, I'd say see it because you need it's doesn't work as just a like oh I didn't like it or I liked it. It's like very much a, you need to experience this experience. It, is, it is a wild totally thing so what do we oh sorry are you good i'm good okay i don't know what else to say cool. i feel like i have a lot to say but i don't know yeah. how to say it imagine like this is the one movie that we do like a second viewing of <laughs> we record almost, a second yeah almost it needs it i don't know so what do we have next next captain phillips shut up really yeah we're in captain captain phillips is next okay that's good i'm ready for that have you seen it before? I, I saw that in theaters. Yeah. Okay. That, Me too. Yeah. Oh, I um. Sh- yeah, baby. Yeah, I have a story. I have a not cool, not super exciting, but I have a story about Captain Phillips for that episode. I can't wait. Wow. We'll record it in four months. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be back on like somewhat of a schedule. Yeah, Maybe not every other week. Yeah. You and I are both busy. Every few weeks. Captain Phillips saving Mr. Banks. Okay. Bridge of Spies. Oh. We're up to where we... We saw Bridge of Spies together. Oh. And then a hologram for the king. Recording again. All right. So now it's time for our favorite segment. Hanks Happenings. Happenings. This is a segment where we talk about things that are happening with Tom Hanks. Which is just things all the time. Yeah, mostly there's something to talk about all the time. I want an app that is constantly, I guess, if he used Twitter all the time. I wish he was Instagram stories. That's what I wish he would do. There's got to be like, we could do like a Google plugin or something yeah. that just filters the news so that it's Tom Hanks. Just Tom Hanks. Just good things about Tom Hanks. Holy shit. You might be onto something. <laughs> um, speaking of things that are happening, uh, the movie that I think we've, I know we've at some point talked about it. Uh, it's called News of the World. It's a project that Tom has been attached to for a while now. Uh, got a release date for December of 2020. Um, Wait, so and... we get three... Oh, next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, year that's exciting. Ago. Yeah. Because there was a while where he didn't do... He did, like, one movie every two or three years. And now Sweet. he's just like, I wonder wow. if he's going to, like, retire. So we'll still be around next December. We better be. Press screening. God willing. Press screening. Um, this movie, just as a reminder, is based on a novel written by Paulette Giles. And it's set in post-Civil War period um, where Tom Hanks's character who's like kind of a newscaster type person befriends like a 10 year old girl, basically should be cool. Awesome. I mean, the more time, the better. Let's be real. Yeah. It's going to be a good year. Something to look forward to. Yeah. 2020. Good year. Um, so do you feel like that's it? I think so. For today. For today. Yeah. I'm sure we'll revisit this theme in future generations. Yeah. It's the gift that keeps on giving, Cloud Atlas. Yeah. Um, cool. So if you're interested in continuing the conversation, um, you've got a Hanks happening. You've got thoughts on Cloud Atlas. You've got thoughts on Daniel and I as podcasters. Please be <laughs> gentle. 
Um, you can find us on Facebook. We've got a Facebook group. We've got a website, talking Tom. That's talking Tom.com. That's talking without the G. Um, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud under the handle Pod Hanks Tomcast. Cool. And uh, we got to get shirts made. I want a shirt. We really do. Ask me about my Tom Hanks podcast. It's, it's, yeah. There's also like so many Tom Hanks podcasts now, and I feel like. Oh, geez. I guess. Except for we technically weren't, but I thought oh, we were. We can pretend. Yeah. Whatever. We've, we've met some lovely people that are also spreading the gospel of Tom. So. Yeah. Um, My name's Josie. I'm Daniel. Thanks for watching this movie. We're definitely supposed to watch together today. Uh, and hey, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. <laughs> I was like. <laughs>